want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Way at New Orleans, and hello to my friends listening elsewhere across this vast blue ball we all live on. Welcome to Datitude, episode number four for our Friday, October 1st, 2021. Yes, it is October, ladies and gentlemen. When's that fall weather going to come back? We had it for, what, about 12 hours? It was nice. Now it's back to that same humid stuff, but I'm told that after this monsoon we have had for the past couple days and maybe one more day, that is going to get nice if you believe David Bernard, and I usually do. I am Jim Derry. Sports betting writer at the New Orleans Advocate and the Times-Picune at bet.nola.com. It's another packed show as we wrap up our second week here. My friend Andrew Lopez of ESPN will be on in about 10 minutes to chat about the Pelicans and where they stand after a couple of days of training camp. And he gives us his take on Zion Williamson. What is up with Zion Williamson and his first impressions of Coach Willie Green? We'll also talk a little bit with Lopes about the Saints and LSU. We'll have a short mumbo-gumbo segment talking about some Interesting comments I've seen on social media, whether they're directed at me or not. And we'll get to the Let's Get Personal segment, where I tell you a little bit about the past couple days for me and let you get to know your host a little bit. Some of you want to hear that. Some of you will hit the skip button for a few minutes. It is what it is. It's my show, and I'm going to get personal. We'll wrap up the show with, as we're going to do every Friday throughout at least the NFL season, Dave D squared to Corbier. As we go through our NFL picks for the week, he lets you know which teams have the prettiest uniforms, which quarterbacks do the best commercials, which quarterbacks have the best man buns, and all that good stuff. Uh, That was an interesting segment that we had with D-squared. But I will brag and say that I beat him. Four and two last week on my NFL picks against the spread. Dave was three and three. We'll get to that in a little bit in about 30 minutes or so. Um, but always fun with D-squared. You know, he loves to call me Derry Debbie Downer or whatever the heck it is he calls me, and, um, you know, it's fun. Whenever you got uh, Dave on, it's going to be fun. You can reach me at jderry at theadvocate.com if you would like to ask a question in future episodes um, or have a comment after the Saints play the Giants this weekend. If you'd like to get on, email me again, jderry at theadvocate.com. And or you can tweet at me at J at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. I do Instagram, but very sparingly. So if you send me a message there, I'm probably not going to see it. You can listen to this podcast in multiple places as you are right now. You can do it on bet.nola.com, on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and just about wherever else you get your podcast. That was fun to get up and. Uh, We finally got it just about everywhere. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and you can find when we post new episodes. They are up every Tuesday and Friday for now. We may expand on that. We may change a date. I may change the Friday to Thursday at some point. But for now, Tuesdays and Fridays are when we do it. You subscribe, you'll find out when we have a new episode. want to give a shout-out to Caesars Sportsbook, who is an exclusive partner with us at The Advocate, The Times Picune, and bet.nola.com. We're going to have some exciting things to announce in the coming weeks. In fact, I say the coming weeks, really within the next week or so, um, 
we could be talking about a live show at Harris. We went down there yesterday. I went down there with Zach Ewing, our uh, sports betting director. Uh, got some interesting information on when sports betting is going to start. It should. We hope it starts within the next couple of weeks, and we hope to do live shows there from Harris. We also uh, <clears throat> plan on doing a show or two uh, at Manning's across the street, uh, which also a partner with Caesars. Looking forward to that. The uh, the new sports book is looking fantastic. Y'all gonna have to go check it out. Go take a ride over to Harris. I believe you can go into the restaurant. It's it's a restaurant, and then on the outside, it, you know, you can see you can go place your bets. Not yet, but when they open, they'll have the the six TV screens across with all the betting lines that you can bet on. Uh, it's going to be a blast. It's gonna it's gonna be everything we hoped that we would have. That's coming up very soon. Then don't forget about our videos on bet.nola.com. It's odds and ends on Mondays with Zach Ewing and myself. Fantasy Roundup with Zach and Spencer the Guru Urquhart. And at the book on Thursday, just finished recording that. Uh, that comes out on Thursdays, featuring cashing in with Carville. James Carville is hot, along with Devin Jackson. I mean, Carville, we have this contest that you should go out and join, uh, cashing in with Carville contest, where if you beat James Carville over the course of a season, you win prizes. But if you beat him over the course of a month, you also win some prizes, and no one. No one beat James Carville over the month of September, so we'll see if that changes in October. I had a great week in that segment and was 7-1 and one and beat him for the week, but I am trailing Mr. Carville by, I believe, three games in the overall cash in with Carville, but I am ahead of Rod Walker, so that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and that is with Zach, Devin Jackson, and myself. Look, before we get to Andrew Lopez... Um, I do want to mention real quick, those listening around the New Orleans area, I received some sad news on Wednesday evening. As most of you know, I have spent the, before four weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I spent the past eight years of my career and, and much of the rest of my 31-year career covering high schools uh, and more specifically high school football and uh, received some sad news Wednesday evening when I heard that Pope John Paul, former Pope John Paul II football coach Charlie Cryer passed away of an apparent heart attack. Um, I got to know Charlie a little bit the past couple of years. Um, and look, he's, he had gone through some, some rough times, not just because of the football with the Jags, but, um, you know, he've had a boatload of health problems, including a liver transplant uh, almost two years ago now, following a diagnosis of non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver. Um, he spent the first two games of the 2019 season in a golf cart coaching from behind the end zone before his son Chris took over. And, um, you know, but during the pandemic, I talked to him a few times, and even in May or April or May, whenever he was released at Pope, he, you know, he was saying that he wasn't 100%, but he was close and that he wanted to coach again. And um, my heart goes out to the Cryer family. They are just a wonderful, wonderful family, and uh, I know that a lot of my cohorts across the state who cover high school football feel the same way that I do. It's, it's a serious loss for the state of Louisiana. Um, Charlie won the 2003 state championship as the coach at Vermilion Catholic. <clears throat> he finished 87 and 64 in 15 seasons. Great man, great football coach again, but like I said, great man more than, than the coach part. He was just 60 years old. We offer all our prayers and love to the Cryer family. We move on with the show. And it's time for our first guest, Andrew Lopez. Lopes is covering the Pels uh, for ESPN. 
And uh, we just want to get his take. So let's head on over to the dat line and see what Andrew Lopez has to say. Here with Andrew Lopez on the Datitude Podcast. Datitude Podcast. You say that. <laughs> you say that five times or ten times, and uh, I'll give you a cookie. Andrew Lopez, you and I have known each other for quite a while. You were um, just a youngster when I when I met you, and now look at you. I was working. nineteen. Look I at you working for ESPN. That's crazy. Working in working working agate ships at a. Uh, I miss I miss those days, man. So do I. Miss, I. I miss the, I miss the agate ship days and. I mean, able to make a newspaper that people read. <laughs> someone was asking me the other day of what it was like to work on the desk. I said it was basically about it was seven hours of of fun and going back and forth, and an hour of everybody hating each other. Yes, <laughs> especially yes. on Saturday night. I'm like from like four to eight thirty, four to nine. Like everybody was good. It was a little bit of work here, a little bit right. of work there, and then like nine to ten was like all hell breaking loose and, and then, then like 10 15 you're like again. oh hey, all right. hey all right. see you later talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> exactly those were the days man it was it was a lot of fun um so and it, just think i mean what it's been it's been less than it's certainly been less than a decade that you were coaching basketball at holy cross i think it's a decade this upcoming year really okay like it wow. was 20 2012 is i guess when i made the jump back so yeah and it's no 20, co yeah it's no coincidence that I, no coincidence I have you on the same week that my uh, my alma mater breaks a 32 game losing streak in the Catholic League against uh, was, your alma mater. I was told that wasn't going to be a part of this podcast. I was told that that result was going to be stricken from the record and where nobody was ever going to talk about it ever again. Whoever told you that lied. So, uh, <laughs> so that's all I'll say about that because people want to hear about the New Orleans Pelicans and we'll touch on the Saints and LSU a little bit later. But obviously, your expertise. Um, you know, there, there's, it seems like every single season, no matter how, how positive things are for a large chunk of the off season, we get something dumped on our laps right before we go into training camp. And this time it's Zion Williamson. And we find out that he had surgery for a broken foot. How big of a deal is this? Yeah, it, it, it could be, it could have been a bigger deal, um, Anytime you're dealing with a foot injury with a with a with a big guy in the in the NBA, it's always a, a, a area of concern. Um, he did break. David Griffin told us he broke the fifth metatarsal in his foot. Um, typically, that that break is associated with a Jones fracture, uh, which takes a little bit more healing time. Uh, we did not. No, no one has said that. I I would assume because of the time frame uh, that that Z is on. It was not a Jones fracture just because of how quickly he's able to get back on the court. Um, they all they did the time uh, timing wise, they told us it happened in July. I'm sorry, before summer league, which could be July, could be early August. Um, and for him to possibly be ready for the start of the regular season, which he thinks he'll be ready for. Uh, when I asked him that he, he was very adamant that he was going to be ready for that first regular season game. Uh, whereas, you know, Griff and Willie Green use words like hopeful and should because, you know, they should use those kinds of words. And uh, for Z, though, uh, it, it is another injury to uh, his lower body. Obviously, he had a knee injury. He's missed time with a sprained ankle on that side, which that was just a roll in the game. But uh, you always want to be concerned. But I think as this one was, I, I think, better than uh, it, it could have been 
uh, considering where it happened on the court. How frustrated is Zion himself with this? You know, he, he, he mentioned it was kind of a, he was frustrated and he, because he was going through the off season a little bit too hard. He was, he, you know, he talked about not even having a chip on his shoulder. He talked about having a boulder on his shoulder, which I guess if you, you have shoulders that big, you probably need a boulder to feel it instead <laughs> of a chip. Uh, so, and he was kind of going through his workouts too hard and, and he hurts. Obviously it, it did hamper a little bit of his off season growth and what he wanted to do. Uh, the, the biggest key I think is going to be for him to get in good basketball shape over these next three, uh, three, four weeks before we do get into the regular season, regular season starts on what the 21st or 22nd yeah. for them. So for him, I think that that's kind of maybe the more frustrating part is not being able to come into the season where you want it to be. But again, I think you, you, you dodge a pretty big bullet by him still likely being ready to, to, to start the regular season. So if you, had, if you were a betting man, and since I'm the sports betting writer, i got to ask you betting questions. But if you were a betting man, what kind of percentages would you put on him being in that season opener? I, I think it's a 98% chance. I, I really oh, okay. do. I think, something happened, I think something has to go wrong uh, for him not to be there. I think that is his target date uh, as, as far as we know. Now, he's not practicing just yet with the team. Uh, Willie Green said he's, you know, he's still a little ways away, but, you know, Tuesday when we saw him at practice, that was the first day of training camp. We saw him doing some dribble drills and some shooting drills with Teresa Weatherspoon one-on-one Wednesday, when we saw him at training camp, uh, he was doing a little bit of, of stability work uh, off to the side. I, I don't remember seeing him on Thursday's practice. So um, still little steps that he's got to take, but I think, you know, their first preseason game, he, he's, he's already said he's not playing basically in the preseason. Their four preseason games are October 4th, 6th, 8th, and 11th. And then there's a nine or 10 day gap before they start the regular season. So he's got time before they get there. And I think he'll, he'll work his way into, uh, into being able to play. How big of a deal is it that he won't play in the preseason um, coming in? And obviously for some players, it's a big deal. Uh, the the more seasoned veteran, it's not a big deal. Zion is certainly not that. Um, he has missed time and uh, lots of time while he's been here. So, I mean, do you, you would love to see him be able to play in a preseason. You can't have that. Do you think that's going to factor in? I think it's uh, it, it, it could. Uh, you know, Zion has not really had a regular off season just yet in his NBA career, his first preseason, obviously that, uh, you know, he misses his last game because of the knee injury that ends up knocking him out 13 weeks last year, you're dealing with bubble and testing and all this kind of weird stuff and COVID. And then this year, obviously he's working to get himself back into shape. So uh, I, I think you could still, I think the biggest thing is where normally with a guy like that, it's, it's going to be, especially with first year coach, where do you fit in, in the offense? The good thing about Zion is he fits in pretty much any offense, right? <laughs> because he's just going to go out there and he's going to get to the rim. And, uh, you know, maybe we still see a little bit of point Zion like we saw last year. All that, I think, still gets figured out. I think one thing it will help you with is figuring out what other combinations of players work. Early on, you know Zion's going to work, but who else, who else works? Speaking of um, combination of players, you had a little interesting uh, – tete-a-tete with Zach Lowe and uh, talking about guard play, you guys disagreed on uh, who was going to be back there starting. Uh, you know, Devontae Graham did an excellent job in Charlotte. I was really impressed uh, when I saw him play. But you, you think that it's going to be Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And look, 
the way he played to me towards the end of last season, even Kyra Lewis, the way he played, uh, he's going to see a lot of playing time as well. Um, their numbers are similar. Uh, a few more points per game for Graham, but uh, you think it's going to be Alexander Walker. Why? I think it's, if I was running the starting lineup, I think I'd run with a, and the keel start, you know, keel at the one Trey or Najee Marshall at the two and, or even Josh Hart. And then, you know, and in the three Zion at the four, Jonas at the five. Uh, I think that gives you a little bit more uh, length on defense to start games, uh, a little bit more switchability on defense. However, if you, if you do go with Devontae Graham, also get the shooting and you get the, the, the deep spacing. He, you know, he's a guy, you know, there's, there's a four-point line on the practice court for the Pelicans right now. And, you know, Graham's kind of, he's, he's kind of mentioned like, man, sometimes I stop right there. Maybe I, I got to remember to keep, keep going, but he's got that kind of spacing. I think, uh, you know, uh, some people talk about a, the, maybe the most logical starting lineup would have been Devontae and Nikhil starting together. Um, yeah. I don't think we see that. I think you stagger those two. One of them becomes your six man who's still going to play 28, 30 minutes a game to hopefully get you 16 to 18 points a game. Either one could take that role. Uh, I know I was very, very, obviously I, I made a bet on it um, about it being <laughs> Keel Alexander Walker. After talking to people the last few days, I don't know if I'm going to win feeling, that bet. Not feeling so good about I, it, huh? Not feeling as strongly as I did uh, a week ago when I was talking to Zach Lowe. However, I, I do feel confident in saying I don't think it will be both of them in the starting lineup. Just so you stagger it a little bit, give your second unit some, some firepower. Either one of them could play that role, and I think we'll see how it plays out in training camp and in those preseason games uh, to see exactly which one of them takes the starting role. Lopes, there was a lot of thing. There were a lot of things not to like about the, some of the things Stan Van Gundy did last year. But what, near the top of the list for me was, I thought his rotation with Lonzo in at at the one was a little strange. I don't think Lonzo could get in a rhythm. Uh, nearly enough as had he played a little bit more. I thought he should have been in there a lot more, and now he's gone. But do you think that Willie Green, you talk about this position, to me, it's clearly the most important position on the court. As good as Zion Williamson is, and as much as you need him to play, if your one doesn't play well, you're in in big trouble. So if he settles on one, no matter who, whether it's Devontae Graham, whether it's Nikhil Alexander-Walker, do you think that this is something where the kid's going to get a lot of playing time and is going to get maybe a longer rotation than, than we've seen in the past at point guard? Yeah, I, I, look, the one thing we've, we've seen with Willie, and I think we asked <laughs> the other day, I think the, at media day on Monday, we might have asked them 20 uh, of the 20 guys who came and talked to us. I think we pretty much asked almost everybody about, you know, d- describe Willie Green to us. And I think I heard players coach maybe 16 times on Monday uh, from different players. And I, I, I've talked to a couple of guys and asked, what, what is a player's coach to you? What, what does a player's coach mean? And it's, it's more Alvin about Gentry. listening. Alvin Gentry was definitely a player's coach. He, <laughs> he was a player's that coach for a lot well. of different reasons. Uh, <laughs> I think but for Willie, when, they asked, when we asked Willie about it, he says it's more about just – listening to the players Zylan Cheatham, who is not going to make this roster. He'll be in Birmingham. He'll play for the squadron, but he had a really good story about something that happened during informals. Uh, and he said, you know, we were lifting and we were splitting into two groups. One was on the court, one was lifting. And then we switched and that 
my, I was in the lifting group. So we lifted first and then we got on the court and the first two or three shots from every, every guy was an air ball. Mm-hmm. And it's, he goes, instead of the coach yelling at us about, you know, shooting air balls or our right, guys, we got to get better. Willie's just, Hey man, all right, shoot that, shoot that lift out. Keep going, shoot it, shoot it. Let's go. And it was, he was like, he understands them. And I think he understands your point guard needs to have a little bit of a steadier rotation. And I think he understands. We saw this with Nikhil last year when Nikhil played with the starters or when Nikhil had set minutes, he performed better. 100%. He knew, he knew what he was doing. Average 19 a game shot 41 from three when he was a starter. I think no matter if it's Devonte or Nikhil, both are going to get defined roles in what they do, whether it's going to be the six man or whether it's going to be the starting point guard. You're going to run a lot of your offense through Zion and Brandon Ingram, just because, you know, there's Zion and Brandon Ingram. Right. So when, you know, your starting point guard isn't going to be a, a, a guy who's, con- who's going to bring it up every single time like a traditional point will. So you need somebody who's also going to understand that they need to be a scorer understand they need to be a passer at times, understand they're going to have different roles in the offense. And I think what we're going to see is he's going to be able to communicate that, I think, a little bit better. And both guys, I think, are going to be in a good spot this year. It could be because he relates to them better because he's closer in age than anyone they've dealt with over the past whoever many years since Monty was here. Um, but I'm pretty really, sure he's only like seven years older than their oldest player. I right mean, now, it's crazy. Who is, but who is Garrett Temple. You know what, though? <laughs> This is what this team needs, in my opinion. I, I think this yep. is a this is a good hire, and whether it would have been him or someone else close to his age, and even if it would have been Teresa Witherspoon, who I think is going to make an excellent NBA coach one day, um, someone has to be able to relate to these players. Uh, I actually was wrong. He's actually only five years older. Okay, his, <laughs> wow. his favorite player right now. So I bet um, it, it's. You know, they probably can go out and, and enjoy some some wine at dinner where, where right. maybe your younger guys are, are doing some other things. But, you know, I mean, I, it, it's it's I, to that point. I think that's why we saw, uh, you know, the, the the coaches who they locked in on. Obviously, Charles Lee, an assistant with Milwaukee, was another guy who was, uh, you know, in on this process. He's a younger coach. Willie Green still is, you know, the third youngest coach in the NBA. He just turned 40, uh, I think, during the NBA finals during the summer. So, he he understands that he he's he's not that far removed from his playing career. And I think the thing about Willie Green in his playing career, he was a starter. He yeah. was a six man. He was a guy who didn't play. You know, he learned from his rookies on his early Philly teams. He's played a lot of different roles. The only thing he never was was the super duper star. And as we've seen, those guys don't exactly make the best head coaches anyway. So. He is, I, I think, was the perfect guy for this team, considering uh, where everybody on this roster is right now. I agree. And uh, the only thing that I find strange is that he's a Monty Williams disciple. I guess you could say that. He only worked for him for a couple of years. But he's a Monty Williams disciple. And just think what might have been had we never got rid of, of Monty Williams in the first place. I know he and AD didn't have the greatest uh, – relationship or maybe he and 80s father I should say but for goodness sake this might be a different franchise if Monty Williams was still coach of the New Orleans Pelicans I will say this I think if Monty Williams continued to coach the Pelicans he never becomes the coach he is today some people need that I think he learned he learned a lot from the mistakes he made in New Orleans 
whether that was with Chris Paul, with Anthony, like he learned a lot to become the coach that he is uh, right now with Phoenix. And also if, if the Lakers are healthy, maybe we don't even talk about that because Monty Williams still wouldn't have won a playoff series, but well, Hey, maybe, you know what? Maybe Alvin Gentry and Stan Van Gundy learned something from their uh, coaching. And the next time they get a job, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. They're not going to get another coaching job. Who are we kidding? Uh, but you're not going to, I don't want you. To Alvin, say, I don't think Alvin wants one. Alvin is, Alvin is loving the assisted life right you now. You know what? I absolutely adore Alvin Gentry. He's just not a head coach in the NBA. I mean, I, I simple as that, I think. And I don't, you don't need to say anything because you, you never know what bridges you'll have to cross later <laughs> on in your career. Let's talk about the, the New Orleans Saints briefly. And I know this isn't your expertise, but you're still a, yes. You're still a hometown guy. And uh, what do you like and not like so far from what you've seen from this Saints team? Uh, I've learned that I can't watch the game at my house. Uh, oh, right. I can't watch the game at my house. Uh, so they are they are 2-0 and when I don't watch it at my house. They are 0-1 when I watch it at my house. So I'm okay. going to – if anybody would like to invite me over to, to watch it so the Saints can continue winning, uh, you know where to find me. But <laughs> – uh, I think what we're seeing is exactly what we thought we were going to see with Jameis. There was going to be good days. There was going to be bad days. And there was going to be really, really, really good days. We've seen a really, really, really good one. We've seen a terrible day. And we've seen, a, okay, this is kind of a good day. And He's Forrest Gump's mama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, we're, look, it's, that's why, and I think Sean has done this, this team has to be built around its defense. Yeah, and w- when the defense has been intact, we've seen better teams in these in the two games that weren't just ravaged by injuries and coaches missing. So, when your offense is going to be in flux like that, especially when Mike Thomas is out, especially when Trey Quan is out, you're missing some of your top receivers. You're missing, you know, your your, your center. You're missing different pieces. You have to rely on your defense, and it's uh, it's weird as a Saints fan to watch to to for me at least to watch a team centered around defense where you know I was like I was a wee lad in the dome patrol days when yeah when defense I was not I was uh those are my first you know games that I remember at least were like 91 92 93 and all that kind of stuff but um it's for anybody who's been a fan in the last 15 20 years to see a team uh of a a, you know a Saints fan for a team surrounded by defense or or led by defense it's kind of a weird feeling it is most certainly weird but here here's the thing that 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 bothers me. And you go back to the dome patrol days and that's a perfect example. That defense, clearly the best defense in the history of this franchise with it. It's, it's you, you want to argue about that. You need to go somewhere else because it ain't happening. (laughs) Um, But you had a quarterback in Bobby a bear who actually reminds me a lot of Jameis Winston. He, he made a lot of mistakes, uh, but he had really good days. He had average days and he had really bad days. And when he had really bad days, the saints couldn't win. And he had really bad days at really bad times. Vikings playoff game, Eagles playoff game. I mean, so you, it it, is this a team that's going to go 11 and five or 12 and four and then break hearts in the first or second. No, I guess it'd be the third week of January now. Well, yeah, it'd be 11 and six or 12 and five since, so we got this right. So we got to go into the second week off. of January for that. It's so weird, but you know, it, it just, I mean, I'm just worried that he'll be do enough to either they win the division or they're the first wild card or whatever. Um, and then plays like 
he played two weeks ago in the playoffs. I mean, we don't know, but I mean, that's, it reminds me of 1991 all over again. Yeah. I look, I'm be honest with you. I was, I was on the pessimistic side to start this season. I thought this was a, uh, especially because of all the injuries early, I thought this was a five and 12. Oh, I, I, I was not a, I was not anywhere it's the optimistic same about this. I, I was, pre- I was preparing myself for the worst. And I'll tell you what, I go Holy into Cross every game alum, now. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. I go in every week now expecting nothing. It is great. I don't play fantasy <laughs> this year. I don't I don't I don't have any expectations about the Saints. Going into a Sunday, I'm like, this is relaxing. This wow. is great. Uh, uh, I haven't fun. felt that in a while. But I'll tell you what, I'd be lying if I said after the, the Green Bay game, I was like, all right, 12 and 5. Let's go. Let's yeah. buy playoff tickets tomorrow. So you're like the guy who does NFL rankings on, on whatever program that is one week, the saints are number 10. The next week, they're number 19 from one game. And back, I don't even know what they are this week. I mean, look, I, I would say, look, I, I, the defense, I think is still a a, a lot better than what I thought they were going to be. I thought they would be good. I thought they would be good. I didn't think they would be able to completely carry an offense that was only going to, you know, gain 250 yards a game. That that just I didn't see, and I think we've seen that now. And I think this blueprint is here for a team to go eleven and six to ten and seven, have bad weeks, and uh, eventually break our hearts in the middle. Of the well, I think what you didn't see is <laughs> I think you did, you couldn't realize, or no one was thinking as as we've come along the last couple of years how important Demario Davis is to this team. Yes, but um, the defense has improved so much, and Dennis Allen to me. If he's not the best defensive coordinator in football, then I don't know. I don't like to eat on Saturday night. I mean, it, it just <laughs> it just is what it is. I mean, and Demario Davis is announced, and in the secondary coming into the season, I could to me the only weak link to me, even coming in, it was the same team except for the secondary. And Paulson Adebo, this kid is fantastic. I was gonna say Paulson Paulson Adebo picks off. How many guys say they can pick off a future Hall of Famer in their first career game? I have right? no I mean. I mean, he came in and played excellent ball for the first three weeks uh, to the point where I forgot that Bradley Roby was a part of exactly. Uh, you know, like I was, you know, it, like is, is Desmond Trufant still here? Like, I don't know, I know. who else. Cause I was like, Adebo is good. Marshawn Lattimore is great on the other side. You're, yeah. There was a lot that I think, again, I thought there was going to be a good defense. I think I even maybe top 10, but like, this is like an elite type defense. That I, I think, think we, we saw that coming. I think when Davenport comes back and Yamada comes back, uh, <laughs> no, when, when Davenport and Yamada come back, um, I, I think you're talking about a potential number one defense and that would be real. Just think right right now is doing my trends thing and the saints are yardage wise, the 31st ranked offensive team in the NFL and they're sixth in the NFL or no, no, I'm sorry. They're third in the NFL in defense. So it's like role reversal. I mean, I, what the hell's going on around here? I don't I, look. You if you would have told me at week three that this team was going to have the thirty first ranked offense after three weeks, already, after three weeks, I'd have all right. We're zero and three. Whatever, I'm done. Right? We're, like I'm looking. I'm looking at. Uh, all right, I'm I'm looking up Spencer Rattler film. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking up. Oh man, uh, that. I'm, I'm look, looking. How up, about Ian Book film? Uh, you know what? If we're gonna have a top, you know, they're gonna have a top three, four pick. I'm, I'm gonna go big. I'm going big or go home. That's where I'm looking. All right. Well, we're 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 not gonna be going big next year because this team is, to me, 
This is going to be medium. I think the floor for this team is, is it, the absolute floor is eight and nine. Um, but I think they're almost real, at eight and eight. I appreciate I you know. for correcting that. Uh, it's just really getting weird. Um, <laughs> it took me a long time to get used to 16 games because that's how old I am. When I was a kid, they played 14. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that that's the absolute floor. I think the realistic floor is probably nine and eight or maybe even 10 and seven. Their schedule isn't that tough in the grand scheme of things. They play the NFC least, for God's sake. Um, and, Atlanta, yeah, and I think what you're seeing too is Sean Payton's ability as a play caller to adjust to everything. We saw yeah. that obviously the last two years being able to go eight and one or not, whatever it was with when, when Teddy and Taysom started uh, the games when, when Drew Brees was out, he is, I, I think, enjoying the new challenge here of trying to figure out how he's going to play with Jameis. And then I, we'll see if this offense takes a jump when Michael Thomas comes back as well. I've said it once, at least every episode in the infancy of this podcast. So I've got to say it again. Wow. I miss Teddy. If Teddy was here, I'd feel way different about the chance of this team. Not so much because I think Teddy's an elite quarterback, but Teddy's what this offense needs. They need a no mistakes quarterback. They don't need yes. a, they don't need a Drew Brees in his prime quarterback. And people get pissed off when I compare Jameis Winston to Drew Brees. That's not what I'm doing. Drew Brees threw very few picks from when he got later in his career. It's kind of like a an old pitcher that realizes he can't throw the fastball 95 miles an hour anymore. Drew Brees right. realized I'm going to beat you with an 88 to 90 mile per hour game. Exactly. Totally fine. And you know what? Teddy Bridgewater runs a game to perfection and isn't going to make a stupid mistake. He's willing to eat a, eat a sack and throw the ball away if he has to. And if this team had that right now, I'd say they were going 13 and four, but they don't. It's and nice when you see Jameis, you know, unleashed the 60 yard bomb down the field. But right. The perfect pass to Devontae Harris. And then to the wide open Jawan Johnson, he's got to do a backflip to catch, catch it with no one around him. I don't get it. But uh, look, before oh. I let you go, I do want to talk real quick about uh, your take on, on the Jekyll and Hyde LSU Tigers and then Tulane. I'm not sure what's going on with them. They uh, lay an A against UAB last week. I really thought it was going to be a good week for them. They play East Carolina this weekend, but LSU Auburn, um, we may say our good friend TJ Finley this weekend yeah. uh, coming in and playing. And the reason why I think he's starting, I said this on the uh, the, the show with, with my friends at bet.nola.com, but TJ's really good about texting me back. And we kind of touched base real quick Saturday night. And when I asked him, you know, later on, if he would want to come on the podcast, he's like, that's something he would always do for me. Crickets. This okay. is, yeah. That's so he doesn't right. want to talk about it. So I think there's a good chance he's starting this week. Look, here's a, like, normally if, it, if this game was 2.30 in Tiger Stadium, 11 a.m. in Tiger Stadium, I might be leaning to, to Auburn. 8 o'clock in Tiger Stadium. Exactly. The first real SEC game in, in two years for, 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 for these fans, that's going to be a – one really, Juiced really up crowd. fun atmosphere. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I was going to say tailgate drunk. going on. Yeah, yeah this is going to be a juiced up crowd. I think you see a hundred thousand in there. Ultimately, like it's going to be a fun crowd, and I think the the home tigers feed off of that. Um, we go out and play LSU football. We play LSU football. We put a pound them in the blah blah blah. blah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's going to be. I think they try to jump on them early. I think they'll. You know. Whether it's T.J. Finley, whether it's Bo Nix, they'll send some, some maybe some, some. LSU has been really good Bo about Nicks. being able to send four. 
I hope it's both Knicks. I don't want to see what they do to TJ. <laughs> uh, but I really kind of want to see what TJ does with 100,000 cheering against him. Yeah. He's obviously been able to experience, you know, SEC football before, but it's, uh, I, I, I like LSU this weekend. As for Tulane, I, I did. I also thought they were going to bounce back this weekend. I'm not allowed to watch Tulane football games. Uh, you can ask at Fear the Wave blog. Uh, I am a, I am a Tulane <laughs> jinx. I've been a Tulane jinx. Uh, for years, things good things. Ha- I didn't watch the Oklahoma game. I know they ended up losing it, but they played outstanding. I didn't watch that game, uh, so I don't think anybody watched the Morgan State game unless you you were a diehard. A diehard, but, yeah. Well, if you uh, wanted to watch look, them put up seventy points, that was that was fun. So I look, I, I do like Michael Pratt. I think he's a he's a really really good quarterback. Um, I, I think that's kind of been what uh, Willie Fritz has been missing at Tulane has been a, a, a guy to run his offense um, the exact way he wanted. I always go back to, to years ago when he first got there and if Lindsey Scott would end up going yeah. to Tulane, yeah. how, how quickly he would have got things, I think, turned around. 100%. Uh, so, but I, I, I really like Michael Pratt and, and what he's doing, and I, I, I do think they ultimately do get it turned around. Two words, Justin Ibietta. I mean, he's I can't also, also there. I, I'm not saying he should, and by no means am I saying he should really replace Michael Pratt because I do like Pratt as well. But I can't wait to see when he gets in there and is full time at quarterback. People who don't know this kid, I mean, that kid is, besides the fact that he has crazy skills, he might be one of the most competitive gamers, comes up big in the big games of, of any quarterback I've seen. So in high school. And who was his, and, and what was the name of his kicker at Country Day? Uh, his kicker Lopez. was Andrew Lopez. That's oh man. Andrew Lopez. I, I don't know who that kid is. It. Yeah. I don't know who that kid is, but he's, and, he's, and obviously he's you don't hear kid. from him right now. <laughs> so he, he kind of disappeared in the thin air. I, I don't, I, I don't want to meet the kid. I should have, I should have got back on a prep beach uh, just so I can go meet the kid one day. Uh, yeah. You're, you're, maybe you take him to, to Buffalo wild wings uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, watch a saints game with him because you can't watch it at home. Yeah, I, I, I am not allowed to. Last thing, how's your boy Jarrett Roser doing? He is he is good, man. He is <laughs> he is good. I need to. Uh, I almost stayed with him for a little while during during the storm. Yeah, uh, when we couldn't couldn't get back to the house. So always always fine. I need to get back out to Baton Rouge to go see prep guru Jarrett Roser. You know what? I'm gonna have to have him on on the show at some point because uh, <clears throat> nobody knows more about high school sports in the state of Louisiana than nobody. Jarrett Roser. And that, that is true. maybe Hunter Bauer, but it's, it's close, but, uh, both of those you should guys, just, just, you, should, you should just have them both on. Yeah. And then just have a quiz and make it like a that, game show. That's a great, great idea. I might do that. I, I have some of those once, once every few months. So I'm not going to have one until 2022. Yeah, well, I believe it. Well, look, we're going <laughs> to, the, 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 the season kicks off on the 22nd, I believe. Um, how about we have you on either right before or right after the season starts and, uh, We'll talk about what we see and uh, the status of of Glass Joe Williamson. <laughs> we'll do, man. <laughs> <laughs> talk to you later. Andrew Lopez here on the Datitude Podcast. We thank Lopes for joining us. Always has great things to say, and uh, we hope to have him back on on the Dat line very soon. Hell is about to open up preseason on Monday again against the. Minnesota Timberwolves and so we'll see how things get rolling it won't be long before they start the regular season I think it's uh, coming up in right at a month or a little less than a month so 
We'll be talking to Lopes again as we go further here with Datitude. I want to get to the Let's Get Personal segment, new segment where I share some interesting moments of things that have happened since the last time we spoke so you can get to know me a little bit better. Um, you know, I have expanded on how interesting it is to live in a household with three other females, but uh, my son, who moved out a few years ago and is now 23, I'm proud of him. He's got a real job. He's got a family. He's got a fiance. He's got a soon-to-be stepson, um, and he is becoming a man of his own. But sometimes, being a millennial, it just it it makes me laugh. And I know I'm old, and I I don't want to be one of these guys that you know, oh, you know, like when I was back when I was 23, when I was when I was Blair's age. But uh, they say some things. They they don't lack for confidence, do they? I mean, and maybe with some of them, I think they just say things just to say them. But in Blair's case, he, he really doesn't lack for confidence. You know, he, he joined my fantasy football league a couple years ago and he's yet to make the playoffs, but he loves to talk smack. So I had to write down what he told me uh, morning before last because um, I sent it out to my text buddies, uh, the, the three idiots, as I call them, me, and I'm one of the idiots. Um, but they all got a kick out of this. He says, uh, we're walking back from dropping off the kids from at the bus stop, and he says, you know, I would have beat your ass this week. I said, you had one more point than me. And in our league, uh, if you score more than 50, it's quite a bit. It's a touchdown-heavy league. So keep that in context as I go forward. But, you know, I said, you had one more point than me. He says, so what? I still would have won. He goes, you better get used to those 60-something points from the Moist Rhinos. Don't get me started on that name. That is... That is his name, the Moist Rhinos. I said, I scored like 50 more points than you last week. He said, this is a new day now, son. That's the millennial, millennial, the, uh, the attitude of a millennial. <laughs> I mean, whatever happened last week, it doesn't make a difference. I've got, you know, you got to like that they have confidence, but is it too much confidence? You know, you got, I talk about his job. He, he's had this same job that he just got a real big boy job, I guess about six months ago. But he actually got, a, got another job with my wife's company, um, completely separate division, but uh, with my wife's company. And it's, a, it's really a good job. So I hope, I know he's going to do well with it. But he says, um, he says right, right after he tells me about the, the fantasy team, he says, I'm, I'm putting in my two weeks notice today. I said, okay, okay, good, good. He goes, I said, how do you think your boss is going to react? He says, uh, I don't know. He's a wild card. You know, he's going to try to cir talk circles around me, but no one talks circles around this guy. Okay. It's fun. I'm telling you, it's fun. And to have him over on, on football Sundays, he comes over about once every three Sundays, I guess. Um, and he'll come over and have his little sheet and his fantasy football lineups and you know, he's all confident, you know, he week one. He had everything. He this team was gonna win, the Bills were gonna kill the Steelers, all this stuff. And then he had an awful day and he had left about middle of the noon games. I didn't hear from him. I tried to text him later on. Right. Crickets, crickets, crickets. So that is my uh my fun with my twenty three year old son who uh pretty much knows it all. Uh, and I would imagine there are a few of you that have those or are soon to have those. I mean, you, you might have it. Well, just wait. If they're 16, 17, and you think they know it all now, just wait till they get in their 20s. While they're, they're more, maybe more responsible, their attitude about life doesn't really change. 
change all that much. Uh, and then my daughter, Ella, uh, she is 10. She is in the fifth grade up here in Mandeville. And um, this is a true story. And, I, and she asked me this question, and I, I didn't know the answer. Because you know the old joke about the dog eating my homework? Well, the dog really ate her homework. I'm not kidding. I mean, I, I went and got proof of it. She says, Daddy, how do I tell the teacher the dog really ate my homework? Um, anybody got any suggestions on that? Because I didn't. So we'll see how that goes. She's gonna. Uh, I'll have to ask her this evening when she comes home from school. But uh, I guess sometimes it really is true. I mean, I guess that's kind of like, you know, if you tried some illegal substance once um, and then you went and took a drug test, a random drug test out of the blue, and you tested positive and you told them you swore this is the only time you've done this in 20 years. Not that that ever happened to me. I'm just saying, if that happened, if that were to happen, who would believe? Yeah, right, sure. So, you know, the dog really ate our homework. What are you going to do? Then lastly, uh, in the Let's Get Personal segment, um, I've talked about my fantasy baseball team a couple times. Uh, And it's because it's coming down to the stretch, and I'm in with these yahoos. You know some of them, Mike Triplett, Jeff Duncan, who will be on the show Monday. Um, And no matter what happens, I will be able to rail on him because I certainly will finish ahead of him. Um, But... Uh, it's coming down to the nitty-gritty. And I've had a, a fairly decent-sized lead for about mm, the better of three months now, two and a half, three months. And my team is fading faster than bad paint on a brick wall. Faster than that. I guess that's not that fast. That's a really bad metaphor. But... I mean, the season can't end soon enough. And you're watching every game and every pitch. Like, every strike means something now. So I'm just saying on Monday I could either be really high. If the, if the Saints LSU win and my fantasy team wins a sixth championship, you're going to hear about it. I'm just warning you now. But if I fade into oblivion and somehow a triplet beats me or um, one of my friends, Pepper Martin, is also right behind me, Mike Perlstein, who's on Channel 4, also right behind me. So it's, it's four teams fighting for the top. Um, it's going to be an interesting weekend of baseball. And I, I would love to see about 86 rainouts. That would be fantastic. It could just end like that. But it's, we all know it's not going to happen that way. Um, it is what it is. Let's get to the mumbo-gumbo segment. We're going to make it short since we have such a long show today. But I wanted to go to one particular post. I posted some early betting lines earlier in the week, and I was soliciting some comments. <clears throat> just wanted to know what, what Saints fans thought, and it's pretty much what I expected. I mean, you know, Saints fans think that automatic. and look, I, I, I've picked the Saints. We're going to get into that with Dave DeCorby in just a minute, but I like the Saints this week. But Saints fans like the Saints pretty much every week. So you ask what I asked what I thought, what the fans thought about the lines. My friend John Dario, question mark, seven, seven and a half? He didn't get the line. Kenny Chasson says, seven and a half is tough to give with this Saints team as they are now, but the Saints very well could win this one by 10 or more, a very bad New York ball club. Give the points, Saints win by nine. Okay. Stephen Brooks says, depends on which Saints team makes an appearance. Notwithstanding, I give the edge to the, and the W to the Saints. Who dat? My friend Philip Trudeau, 
who has moved out to Arizona. We miss him. Big Phil. First game in the Dome, it will be rocking and loud, and they will be pumped up, easily cover the seven. And then my friend Justin Bracey, who is a Lions fan and thinks, like legitimately thinks the Lions are getting cheated. Um, yeah, that's why they've lost like 50 games in the last three years, or maybe not that many, but a lot. Um, I don't think they're losing all those games because they're getting cheated. Now, they did have a lot of bad breaks go against them, and someone posted something, uh, I think it was a couple days ago, I saw it on Twitter, and I have not done research on this, but I'm not sure, but I know at least it's two of the, two of the three that I'm about to mention are true. He said there have been six 62-plus yard field goals in the history of the NFL. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There, were, there have been six 60-plus yard field goals in NFL history to win a football game, 60 or more, okay, six of them. Three of them have come against the Lions. So I remember, obviously, we got Tom Dempsey, and obviously it's this past one, so I'm going to have to go look back in the history and see there's another one. But, yeah, the Lions don't exactly have a lot of good history. They haven't been – not only have they not been to a Super Bowl, but they really haven't been in the playoffs all that much the last, shoot, what, 30, 40 years? They've been – since the merger, uh, what, 50 years ago, or a little more than 50 years ago, I think they've only been in the playoffs even a handful of times. And I want to say they've only won one playoff game. So I'll have to go back. I know Wayne Fonts won a playoff game back in the early 90s, like 91 or 92 or something like that. But I, I really think they've only won one playoff game since the merger. Somebody can check me on that and uh, send me a message. But um, that is the mumbo-gumbo segment. If you would like to be a part of it, you can tweet me at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. If you are a Facebook friend of mine, I'd be glad to take a message that way. Or the easiest way and probably the best way is to email me at jderry at theadvocate.com. You can get your messages in by Monday mornings. Uh, I start recording with, uh, I start doing interviews. At some point on Monday, I usually record the, uh, my solo segments on Tuesday morning. So anytime on Mondays, if you want to send me a message. And Monday, we will have on uh, Jeff Duncan, our own Jeff Duncan. And I'm working on a potential other guest. But Jeff Duncan will be on for sure on Monday. If you want to ask Jeff Duncan any questions about the Saints and recap the Saints-Giants game, feel free to do so on any of those platforms. Let's get... We're going to call it the 5 for 10 segment. I tried to call it the, the 5 for 5, but everybody knows that D-Square and I are not going to talk for under 10 minutes. And really, it's not even really going to be – it's going to be more than 10 minutes. We were like 15 or 20. But we have fun doing it, so I'm not, I'm not strict about the rules. But we are going to call it the, the 5. 5 will get you 10. That's what we're going to call it. 5 will get you 10. Uh, 5 picks will get you 10 minutes. So we, and we actually make 6 – we don't, we don't count Saints in the, in the five because we know we're going to pick the Saints every week. And we know that D squared is going to pick the Saints every week. They could be an 80-point favorite against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's still going to take the Saints. And he's got an interesting way of picking NFL games. So if you did not hear the segment last week, we'll kind of recap it here. But talking to D squared, always fun. Let's get to it. The five will get you ten segment here on the Datitude Podcast. 
Derry Downer, Debbie Downer, whatever Dave calls me. Derry Downer. That's still climbing up the charts there, Derry. It's still climbing up the charts. I still want to know how Angie made that. She yeah. didn't make it. I made it. Oh, you, you made about? it. You made I it. I made it. Uh, I made it. I, I got the skills to pay the bills, man. The skills. Well, I wasn't Derry Downer last week. I picked the uh, the New Orleans football saints, and look what happened. They, they, they won. Look, look at that. Who knew? So let's get to the picks. Um, four and two last week. You were three and three. Yeah, three. I'll, I'll take it. You know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. First time I've ever been able to say uh, that I was leading. So I'm going to revel in the moment. We're going to go right to the picks. Pick number one, we are going to have Tennessee Titans visiting the New York Jets. And I know the Jets are super awful. I mean, they are just awful. But this number is a little weird. They are only given seven to a team that I think is going to be in the running to make it to the Super Bowl. What say you? Wait, are you telling the Titans make a run to the Super Bowl? Is that what you tell me? Yeah, I do. That's you're, what I'm telling you. crazy person. All right. your ridiculous on that. I'm going to go with the Titans because the Jets just stay nice. They're horrible, and, and I don't know if they can do anything right. Even though, you know, I, I, I like it when they wear solid green. It makes me feel like it's, you know, St. Patty's Day or something. But, no, I'm, I'm going with the Titans because Tannehill is the greatest quarterback ever, said no one. Here we go with the color scheme again. I mean, it's it's St. Patrick's Day in October. I'm just I'm so excited that that's how you pick games. You know, I, I need to have Joe Q Public have a drink with D squared so they can learn. Hell yeah, keep making us money. Keep those lines stupid. I'm going to take the New York Jets sim- for the simple reason of this line stinks, and whenever a line stinks and their Vegas is begging me to take the other side. There's a reason for it, and I don't know what the reason is, and frankly, I don't care what the reason is, but if they're going to make money. The Jets money, are getting seven, right? The Jets yeah. are getting seven? Yeah. They're getting I seven. Still can't, yeah. I still can't I mean, pick them. If, if, there's a, if there's a reason why Vegas is begging me to take a team, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the other one. Sorry, you're not making money for a reason. I want to jump on your bandwagon. So for no <laughs> – I mean, that, how's this for, for a sports betting writer? For no other reason than Vegas – Want you to take Tennessee, I'm taking the Jets. Baltimore is going to the Denver Broncos. Denver is given one. They are 3-0 and against the Baltimore Ravens, who had the miracle of all miracles last week. 66-yard field goal, Justin Tucker, and yeah. Tom Dempsey's record was already broken, so we don't have to be pissed off about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, does the, the, does uh, Justin Tucker have half a foot? Answer me that. Does he have half a foot? No, he no, I'm pretty not. sure he has an old foot, and I, I'm fairly certain, foot. fairly certain he's got all five toes on that foot. There we go. All right, Baltimore. All right, uh, you, you and David Grubb, that's my man. I love that dude. Uh, look, y'all, y'all, we're talking about Teddy B in, in the you know, Tuesday's Datitude podcast. Uh, look, I, I like Teddy B, but he's a, he's just a comfortable pair of dockers. There's nothing exciting about him. Doesn't make any sort of uh, you know rash decisions, but Lamar Jackson does. But I, we like might have that. a rash. 
<laughs> you might, you might, who knows, you know, but he's wrinkle free though, too. But oh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, uh, look, they, they do some crazy stuff, but I think they got this sort of, you know, moxie. God, I can't believe I just used that word moxie, but I like how they play and take risks. I got to pick Baltimore, even though I do like Teddy B. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I do miss him just, but you know, but I, it's like another stock. I'll find the stock later, but yeah, I, I'm taking Baltimore. You used the words rash and moxie in the same pick. I, I don't know what's wrong with you today. <laughs> Man, that's that's outstanding, actually. Um, I'm with you. I, I think, look, Denver's, here's a stat for you. Denver, their, the record of their opponents in the their first three games, uh, as of now, a combined 0-9. So I can't be that thrilled about the Broncos. Look, I do like the Broncos. I do think they're going to be a surprise pick. But people who are going off on a tangent saying that the Broncos are going to win the division. Um, let's just slow everybody's roll about the Broncos and Chargers. The Chiefs are still going to win the division, okay? I mean, they, their spread is always way too high. And I've been telling people for weeks, including it at the end of last season, to stop taking the Chiefs because their spread's always too high. But the Chiefs are still <laughs> going to win the division. Uh, so I, I, I'm on Baltimore here as well. Go ahead. I, no, I was just saying that with, with, with the Chiefs, man, you know, it's like I saw some genius sports writer wrote the They are what their schedule says they are. I'm like, I'm like, wow, thanks for that hard hitting investigative journalism schmuck. I it's mean, like, yeah, well, they're, they're the Chiefs. I mean, I, I'll, I'll go back to what I said last week. They're, they're, their defense sucks, but it gets garbage time points for all you fantasy league owners out there. You know, the amount of overreacting after weeks one and two and now even into three is just obscene. I mean, a couple the, after the Saints lost, the same clown, and I don't even remember what his name is. I, I was watching him on NFL Network. He does the ranking show, and I think rankings in the NFL are, I mean, unless you're doing it for betting purposes and, and you're putting what points should be what and you're trying to figure out what the point spread should be and you're getting right. value, rankings in the NFL are just asinine, okay? So this clown, okay, he, the same guy who had the Saints, I think he had him like number 14 before the season started, then he moved them up to number 10 after they beat the Packers. And then he drops them all the way to 19. Okay. What? Yeah, he dropped them all the way to 19 after the Panthers game. And I, I couldn't watch them anymore. I have no idea what they were this week. <laughs> I mean, you're not the 10th best team in the league one week and you dropped to 19. There's only 32 teams. Not like college football with this, you know, 2,489 football teams. There, there are only right. 32 NFL teams. You don't drop from 10 to 19 after one week. Unless, unless you're saying your ratings were flawed. And I mean, you don't take into account all the things that, that went on. And I'm not just talking about the Saints. He had the Packers, like, something stupid, like 15th after they lost to the Saints. And I'm like, if you think the Green Bay Packers are an average football team because they had a bad game, you're a moron. <laughs> but no. what, what if their head quarterback has his long lost love interest, Danica Patrick, there showing up go. on college game day? Uh, that that was just too classic. Him uh, and his man it, bun. Oh, oh God, here, breaking news, Jim Derry. I found out from our country PD, Casey Carter. You can listen to her on WNOE middays. Um, apparently, the scoop is Aaron Rodgers is growing out that stupid man bun for a Halloween <laughs> costume. He, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'm not joking. This is this is legit news. Breaking news on the Datitude podcast. He's growing out his hair for a Halloween costume. He's being all cagey about it. We don't know what it is, but 
that's supposed to be uh you can take it to the bank apparently that he's growing out that stupid man bun for a costume so okay. maybe i'm wrong but i still believe he's he's broken up about danica patrick and eating stale cheetos but all right <laughs> speaking of uh breaking the bank uh we're gonna move on in the pick segment the five for ten <laughs> segment that is gonna take 15 or 20 minutes uh miami is hosting the indianapolis colts uh the colts are winless Miami is without Tua Tungabaloa, but Jacoby Brissett played an outstanding game against the, the Raiders. They should have not kicked the field goal and should have gone for the victory, in my opinion. But they did what they did, and they lost, but they did cover. And now they host Indy, who is only getting two points. Um, what say you? I know you're a big Carson Wentz fan. Oh, I am. I have some more breaks about him. Apparently, he had... A, a slip up uh, with his, uh, you know, nail clippers, and he clipped too far down. So he's got some a cuticle damage, so then he's not going to be able to play very well because of some cuticle damage. So I'm going to pick the dogs, and uh, and and you know, it's Carson Wentz. I, he's he's fragile. Uh, no, he's fragile. <laughs> taking the Dolphins, man, just because. Okay, well, um, you got so broken. What's up the line? What is, what is the line? Two. Two, two points. And I'm still taking the Dolphins. I don't care. All right. Well, I like Indianapolis because I think that um, I I think that they're a better team than they've shown. Just like I think Denver and Carolina aren't quite as good as their three and O record. We're going to find that out soon, especially Carolina without McCaffrey. But, um, you know, and now they're going to have to count on Sam Darnold to actually make real passes and stuff like that. We'll, We'll see how that goes. (laughs) <laughs> but but Indy is much better than their 0-3 record. I think they're a, a middle-of-the-road kind of team. Um, they have had a brutal schedule to start. They actually have a brutal schedule all year long. And so they're going to win the games that they're they're in with opponents that are like them and, and that they're better than. And I think this is one of those. I think they are about on par with Miami. I'm going to take the Colts here. And I even would suggest that you take the money line, which is going to be about even money. We're moving on. Minnesota is hosting another really good football team. They did well against Seattle last week. Their their defense actually kind of showed up, which was good enough because the man you call uh, just a step above hot garbage because we save hot garbage for Derek Carr. Um, Cousins was able to beat the Seahawks last week, looked pretty good. And even without um, – their star running back uh, who rushes for like 4,000 yards a season. They still were able to win with Alexander Madison. They are plus two at home against Cleveland, plus two for the second straight week against the Cleveland Browns who have been playing very well as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Browns just because I still hate the Vikings. I'll never like the Vikings. I don't care. I'll lose money in Vegas to bet against the Vikings. So I, uh, Baker Mayfield and his his wonderful commercials where you're at home with Baker Mayfield. I love his commercials. They're the greatest. So I'm picking Baker Mayfield and the Browns. So here's how it works, betting world. If you're just getting into gambling and you're wondering how we make picks, uh, Mr. D squared and I do not make picks the same exact way. You hear his logic right here on the, on the Datitude podcast, folks. He still is pissed off at Minnesota. Uh, probably for beating us in the playoffs, I'm assuming, or just several he, times, just because he hates that horn. Yeah, they beat us three times in the playoffs throughout our history. Yeah, um, Thanks. 
And also he thinks that he likes Cleveland because of the Baker Mayfield commercials. And, and, and in Baker's defense, he's really done a, an excellent job with that stadium uh, over there, keeping, <laughs> keeping everything under wraps. The problem is they're playing in Minnesota. So I don't know that that factors in how well he's done with the stadium. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings. I was starting to be sold on them again, even before the Seattle game. But instead um, I, I picked the wrong team last week. I took the Seahawks. I'm buying in and I'm sure Minnesota will screw me again. Minnesota plus two <laughs> over Cleveland. Now, speaking of Sam Darnold from a few minutes ago, cause my mind wanders all over the place. The Carolina Panthers are, to me, getting uh, another true test here. They passed their test in week two against the New Orleans Saints. This week, they are traveling on the road without Christian McCaffrey. They're going with Chuba Hubbard at running back, and they're going to face the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. Four and a half. That's four and a half, sorry. Yeah, dude, I, I hate Dallas with a passion, but man, did they look good. They really looked good, man. And, and it physically pains me to say that. But I mean, Zeke looked up to par. Dak was was dropping dimes. I mean, C, you know, CD Lamb was looking great. I mean, God, it's hard to pick against. Uh, well, it's it's easy to pick against the Dallas Cowboys because I despise them. But the, the Panthers losing McCaffrey is a huge deal. I mean, that's a huge deal. Uh, so I, I, as much as it pains me, and I, don't, I think you did this on purpose. You're forcing me to freaking pick the Dallas Cowgirls. So I'm taking Dallas. Well, you actually used football logic and reasoning to make that pick. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm wondering, what, did you take a sip of bad coffee or something? I mean, like that actually made sense. Everything you said, except for the hatred for the Cowboys, but then you still right. took the Cowboys. Yeah, I, but I, every now and again, I know what I'm talking about. Just just because uh, I'm riddled with ADD as well, and pretty colors distractify me. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean, Dallas looks looks really good, and 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 it pains me to say that they're they're a threat. I think. One word, pal. Ritlin. <laughs> no doctor will prescribe it for me for some strange reason. I don't know <laughs> because you probably go bounce off a wall or something. It'll <laughs> go with the other problems you have. All right, I'm with you on this. I think. Um, it scares me that it seems like more as we go along this week, Dallas has been getting more and more love, even though the line drop from five to four and a half, which tells me that the big money is on Carolina and drunk Joe at the bar is taking the Cowboys, but who knows? I'm still going to go with, with my logic and what I read into here. And I think that, I really like the under more than I like this game. The under is somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 and I don't see where they came up with that number. Whoa. Uh, Dallas did score a lot of points against Philly. They did score a lot of points against Tampa Bay, but I don't think either one of those defenses is very good. I think Carolina's defense is very good. And so I, I, li- I really like to under more than I like anything, but I will take Dallas for the sake of the way we pick things. Dallas minus four and a half against the Carolina Panthers. Um, Dak looks awesome. I mean, Dak looks he like does. he never got he hurt. He really does. I mean, yeah, but I, I thought that would happen. So. I mean, now on the other hand, Zeke Elliott, he looks like he's about 32 years old. So I don't maybe he is. Yeah, he had he he had a few good runs, but yeah, I mean he he does look a little rough, but man, he can still pound the ball, man. I mean, he was just blowing up holes when there were no holes. I mean, he yep. was like a little wrecking ball, man. He looked great, man. I mean, it physically pains me to say this. Like I hate complimenting the Cowboys. I know, I know. You'll be all right, Ugh. I promise. I'll tell all you right. what, I'll make you feel better. We're going to bonus pick. It's a little lanyard time. 
It is. I the and I, wait, hold on. I already marked your pick now. So. <laughs> the new <laughs> the New Orleans Saints are having their home opener. I don't care what the NFL says. This is their home opener. There's going to be lots yep. of dome foam flowing on Sunday as they take on the New York football giants. And it is not Eli Manning. It is Danny Dimes. Why do people call him that? He's he, he's not a good quarterback. I mean, he's just not a good not that quarterback. Bad. Come on. No, what? I, I I didn't say he's terrible, but I mean, he's not a great quarterback. I mean, he's kind of, he's just there. I mean, like he is firmly in the middle of the pack where, I mean, he could have a great game one week and then have, you know, a, a, a turd the next week. I mean, it's, he's just there. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of compliments you can give this kid, except that, you know, I couldn't do what he does, but that's, that ain't saying a whole lot. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm picking the Saints simply because I always pick the Saints, but the Giants just look terrible. I mean, oh, to be a to be a right now, you, your your options are the sort of the J E T S Jets. Jets, get out of here, man! Well, move Pretty bad, New it? York. Pick a city, y'all. Go somewhere it's, else. It's no different than last year. I think last year they were both like oh for like I don't know five or six games into the season, and I was seriously like, wondering if they would both go zero and sixteen. I don't. I don't have the same feeling this year. Uh, I think that the Giants are going to win some games because they're in a really bad division, but they're not going to win this one. Um, look, I don't care if it's Jameis Winston, uh, if they bring back Bobby Scott or Jim Everett or Bobby Bear <laughs> or whatever. Uh, look, the Saints defense has been playing outstanding. Um, Saquon Barkley. The Billy Joes. Give us Billy, yeah, Billy Joes. Joes. Oliver and Hobart. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm not go- I wouldn't go that far. I mean, those guys were terrible. I mean, I, yeah. all I can think of is Dick and laying flat on his face in, in the Cleveland game uh, on the turf. God, yeah. Um, but, no, I, I think Saquon Barkley still doesn't look right. Uh, and the Saints defense has played well. I like the under in this game as well, if you want to do a parlay. But the Saints only given seven and a half to the Giants. It started at eight. So, it means somebody's betting on the Giants. Um, mm. So, I'm going to take the Saints as well. I think they I, – I did a little thing where the Saints record against teams with – Losing records, they have won 12 out of their last 14 games. In fact, um, wow. I think 11 out of the last 12. So um, in those victories, their average margin of victory is somewhere in the neighborhood of, um, I think it was 11 points. And the Giants, meanwhile, have only won one game against a team with a winning record in the last two and a half to three years. So, uh, so that, are we, are we going to talk about Taysom Hill running in a touchdown? Are we going to talk about that? Uh, you know Taysom what? We're about to end this segment. So I'm going to let you go on your little Taysom choo-choo segment, ramble or whatever. You can't honestly think that Taysom is a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. Uh, yes, I do. That, that's the whole point of my argument. That's the crux of my argument that, that I think. It's not an better. argument. I mean, you also it, it, you also picked the – the you also say you like the Jets because they're they look like St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, but I picked the Titans, though. Make sure you got that right. I picked the Titans, not the okay. Jets, even though they got – You're right. Yeah, well, well, I, picked you, the, you, I picked the Titans. Okay, well, you, <laughs> but, you did pick somebody because no. of their jersey colors. I forget which one it was. Uh, it was uh, – Oh, no, Seattle. you like you, you liked Baker because of his uh, – because he cleans up his stadium. He does. He's got the greatest commercials ever, you know, and and, and that lady Becky, you know, she, she's she's awful, you know. I just – I forgot what the – what the commercial was, but all right, I digress. Taysom Hill, man. Uh, look, he looked phenomenal and they finally used him the way he should have been used. Played four plays. Shut up and let me finish. Jesus, man. 
<laughs> so they used him more where it wasn't just like, okay, Taysom's here. He's going to run the ball. But then when he, when he sat, sat back uh, in shotgun and had Jameis out there as a wide receiver, look, throw these little curveballs and these wrinkles to the defense. I mean, look, Jameis is a great athlete and a great quarterback. I'm I'm not saying that Jameis is terrible. Don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, feel free to at me, but Jameis is a great quarterback, but I think Taysom is better, but just watching what he was able to do and those design runs and getting into the end zone. I'm telling you, I am right. Taysom is the future. Taysom. So tell me this, the truth. When Taysom scored the touchdown last Sunday, did, did you go and like rip the fat head off the wall and like hug it and jump it up and down with no, your, your no, fat but head? I did text. I did text every sports writer in the city of new Orleans. Yeah. And all I, yeah but, and I also texted David Grubb, Eric Asher, uh, uh, Trevor Ritchie. I like, I, I just went through the whole thing. I think I even, uh, Larry Holder and, and, and <laughs> everybody. Those all guys did do not want to hear from you during a Saints game. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. They absolutely do. Because, I mean, it's different. I'm I, all I said on my television. Yeah, well, I just sent everybody two little trains. I just sent them two train emojis, and everybody knew exactly what I meant because that's, you know, everybody knows I'm the conductor of the Taysom train. Informal poll. How many besides myself responded? Uh, actually, everybody. And they all responded with laughing, crying emojis because uh-huh. <laughs> they're just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, but that's why we have you on this show. <laughs> We're going to call this segment. I'm not afraid. I don't back down from my opinions, JD. We might start calling this segment two idiots in a choo-choo. <laughs> I like it. That has legs. That definitely has legs. I, I really think I might change this to two idiots in a choo-choo. But Dave D squared to Corbier. I certainly thank you for your picks. Um, you make it entertaining. And what this podcast is actually supposed to be, it's supposed to be a little informative and a lot entertaining. And you certainly lend that. Happy to help JD. So hey, look, uh, this weekend I got, uh, oh my goodness. I got, I got these two people whose names I can't remember, but they're doing this podcast called was I in a cult? And it, it is freaking hysterical that it's serious. Like, like, uh, information about people who have been stuck in cults, trying to get out of cults. And, uh, like, like there's a lot of, weird crazy stuff but these people uh, are really funny when they deliver the information and they just had me in stitches you know just i don't know you'll have to check it out sundays at seven on news talk 99.5 wrno follow me on twitter at twig radio the instagrams is the week in geek of course like us on facebook facebook.com forward slash the week in geek and we're on the iheart app stitcher spreaker spotify we even have a youtube channel for some ridiculous reason so wherever podcasts are freely given away you will find the week geek. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that because I'm still new to this and you you were all the last thing you would always say to me is tell the people where they can find you and what you're working on and I was about Absolutely. To, I was about to forget. So, oh, I'm still Okay, we'll see. So, I I'm, you st- work I- I'm still working on that. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, I'm I'm hey, well, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm new to the hosting part. Me again. Well, and, and you reintroduced me again and you did it with some of your other guests and, and, and your other pod, too, where it's like, you know, people who are tuning in. Yeah, sure. It, it's on the podcast, like the, the, the title and all that stuff. But it helps for people, you know, just to remind them who they're talking to. You know, so there you go. Dave D squared to Corbier, the weekend geek. 
He and look, it, seriously, go back and look at some of his former podcasts because he's got some incredible guests on there. And I, I got to go listen to the Elvira segment. I still haven't done that. Oh my God, Elvira gave me this just this gem about a glass eye that she taped to her. Uh, and it was Sammy oh. Davis Jr. Oh, it was it was freaking fantastic. The man. Candy Man. <laughs> in more ways well, than one. The, the funny part is he had just like like only like a year or so beforehand lost his eye in that car accident. And she was, you know, he she was a Vegas showgirl. He was in Vegas with the rat pack. It was it was beautiful. This this is Great a family ever. show. I know I'm keep that's why I'm caught, okay. you know. Well, you were you were getting a little close there, Choo Choo. I like to tell the lot. All right, Choo Choo. <laughs> we, we have rambled on a little bit too much. We're going to end the segment on that note. I thank you, sir, and I will see you next Friday. <laughs> choo Choo. Talk to you later, bud. Choo Choo. I think we're going to call him that from now on. You like it? Choo Choo de Corbier kind of has a little ring to it. But uh, Chuchu has some interesting ideas on his NFL picks and such. So we're going to keep bringing him back on Fridays for sure. I think that uh, he spices things up a little bit. But uh, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Before we do, we wanted you to remind you once again, don't forget about our videos on bet.nola.com, odds and eds on Mondays with... Zach and myself, Fantasy Roundup on Wednesdays with Zach and Spencer, the Guru Urquhart, and at the book on Thursdays featuring James Carville. Cashing in with Carville, Zach Ewing, Devin Jackson, and myself. If you want to be a part of the show going forward, you can email me at jderry at theadvocate.com or find me on Twitter at Jim Derry Jr. and tweet at me. And if you want to get something on the air, we'll be happy to do it. I record interviews on Mondays and Thursdays, and I usually record my solo pieces on the mornings of Tuesday and Friday when we put this show up on the air. So if you want to have anything to say, I'll be glad to get it on. And don't forget to subscribe to the Datitude Podcast on all the places, all the great places you get your podcast, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and here on bet.noah.com. You can find it. And we, re- we put it up on SoundCloud, so you can surely find it there. That is going to do it for Episode 4. On Monday, we will have our own Jeff Duncan to look back on the Saints-Giants as well as LSU-Auburn and Tulane, East Carolina. And we will certainly talk to him about the story he wrote on the succession, succession plan of the Saints and Pelicans um, when Gail Benson um, leaves us. I hope that's no time soon. Uh, she has been a great owner so far, and uh, she's an outstanding steward for the city of New Orleans. So I'm looking forward to talking to Dunk about that on Monday. We'll have all the usual segments. We'll look back to see our NFL picks did. It's going to be a great week, and I thank Andrew Lopez and Dave Chuchu de Corbier for coming on and spending part of the day with me. I thank my colleagues for allowing me to use bet.nola.com as a platform for promoting the podcast, and also... Also, I thank my wonderful brother-in-law, Phil Insomo, and my sister-in-law, Kate Richardson, for our lead-in and his band down for the intro and outro music. We'll see you on Monday with Jeff Duncan. If you're looking for something to do Friday night, check out week five of the prep football action. It's just as exciting as the college and NFL stuff going on this week. And I'll be live at Lakeshore High to broadcast Slidell hosting Mandeville on Varsity Sports Now with my partner, Jim Rapier. 
Enjoy the big football weekend and have fun in the dome with all the dome foam. Peace and love, my friends. Yeah,